0: you
1: (laughs) hello and welcome to perfectly good podcast the only podcast on the internet that is counting down every john hyatt song from a to z i am one of your hosts jesse jackson and joining me in the passenger seat is my wonderful co-host sylvan groth
2: sylvan how are you doing I'm so excited to be starting this journey, you know, the thousand mile journey that starts with a single step, the 300 plus song journey that starts with Aces Up Your Sleeve. Yes. So
1: yes, this is our official, our format is, this is the first official episode. We're going to, we'll be playing with this format. So we ask you in advance to give us a little grace um have a little faith in us but we will get through this um and uh at the end of the podcast we'll tell you how to reach us to give us feedback and to actually join us to discuss an episode but as always we're going to start with the basic facts so sylvan tell us a little about this
2: song well aces up your sleeve uh appeared on the eclipse sessions and before that as often is the case it showed up on a couple of bootlegs and also in some live performances that didn't get recorded. So I believe this song was written sometimes in the early 2010s. I think the earliest recording I have heard about was about 2016. It was officially recorded August 18th, 2017. And then the album was released October of 2018 And that's actually pretty unusual for John because he has described himself as on a clip where he will put out an album at least every two years, often more like 14 months, 18 months. So there was this nice big break that uh, Terms of My Surrender, which came out in July 2014, had over four years before we Hyatt heads were eagerly awaiting the next album the eclipse sessions which is also a rare one that it does not have a title track but it was recorded during the eclipse which we probably all remember john talked about this that he was kind of saying that he used to really worry if he couldn't get recording right away if he couldn't write a song right away and he mentioned that he went two years without writing anything and he wasn't worried about it and i gotta say that uh This song is a perfect example of just um, how amazing a songwriter he is. This one really kind of blew me away the first time I heard it live because it is poetic. It's a beautiful melody. Um, Also, if you hear one of those early live versions and then you hear the uh, full band version, you can see that there's really some thought taken into really very delicate instrumentation with a really powerful impact. So that's me fanning out on how much I love this song. Jesse, what do you think about it?
1: One of the things that we talked about when I had Skip Sherman on the podcast is when you hear about the other podcasts, I do a Bruce Springsteen podcast, and we had done a John Hyatt month, which is kind of how this kind of started. He talked about that a lot of times that, trilogies around bring the family we go a lot and at times i don't spend as much time with the new albums i mm-hmm. I'm just doing other things so i had not spent a lot of time with this since we knew this was we going to starting i really like this song it's a very mellow song it is it i think it shows john's voice and this kind of uh, he says with a whisper on have a little faith in me, but there is this kind of gentleness to this and this kind of big money and big dreams. When we lived there, you kept a pair of aces up your sleeve. As we're discussing our relationship and discussing what we're doing, the idea of that I keep something in my back pocket, right? I've I've got something in the sock drawer and to have it says with aces up your sleeve is a very clever way to share that how you've kind of kept something in reserve for us.
2: Absolutely. Cards are such a great metaphor in writing and uh, poetry too. I did a little bit of research because I'm not a poker player. I don't know what a pair of aces would actually do, but a couple of things that I came across, if we can get into that now, is that uh, the probability of picking up pocket aces is once every 22 hands and that if you have pocket aces, you've got an 80 percent favorable against all other pocket pairs, so that that kind of puts in perspective if uh, you happen to be cheating with aces up your sleeve, yes you've got uh, a very good chance of winning and uh, what's kind of interesting when you put that in perspective of the song is it also reminded me of your other podcast and the Mary question right of. We could ask ourselves, where is this couple now? Because he definitely sounds like he's talking about someone he said goodbye to a long time ago, but I don't think it's definitive that way. You know, is he talking about the the early stage of a romance and, you know, wondering where that kind of optimism went in the person that he's still sitting across from, or is he talking about someone who... Has long wandered off. And uh, it's also kind of really interesting that, like, to me, maybe it's because I've read so much about John's biography, I hear this, and it, the couple is very much set in the 70s for me. It seems like a wistful past remembering, but there's nothing to indicate that he's talking about something that happened that long ago, you know? I I don't know if Indiana Avenue is supposed to be Nashville. It's supposed to be somewhere out in California where John lived at one point. I actually did a little Google map searching and Indiana Avenue exists in Nashville, but it's this like teeny strip Molly kind of area that does not fit with the imagery of this song. So I don't think Indiana Avenue is Nashville. It could just be that he needed those, uh, vowels and that number of syllables because you know it's john he'll fit things in where he needs to um but yeah i mean it it, to me it just it really is a beautiful love song but it's definitely one of those rare love songs that it's like well i don't really want to be the couple in this love song because it doesn't sound like they're particularly happy now
1: well and You know, you talked about poker, and the other thing with cards is magic and sleight Mm -hmm. of hand. And it says, you know, it's the perfect sleight of hand. I've driven to the darkness by the promise I will see again. The queen of hearts has shown her face. She wants you to believe you were never meant to have aces up your sleeve. So I think that goes to your thought of is this a relationship in the past where it did not work out the way uh, that? because fate or whoever you're know, talking about juice you know queen of hearts that like, was this cupid was the whoever is in charge of romance was it not set to be and he's he's he could be the the singer could be mourning that loss of that relationship
2: right those Last two lines, you were never meant to have aces up your sleeve are repeated, which is also pretty rare for uh John to do in a song. So I think he's definitely saying there's something important in the message here, Um which, you know, does that mean you were never meant to cheat? Does that mean you were never meant to be lucky? Does that mean? I don't know what else it could possibly mean. Mm-hmm. So
1: so the the softness of the music, um, mm-hmm. I find this a very captivating song. I am sucked into that this world that is you know sometimes when someone's telling a story, they'll lower their voice just a little, and it kind of makes you lean forward mm-hmm. just a little bit more to pay attention exactly. and I I get that feeling from this song. This is just, we all love when we're, he's, he's blaring it out and we've got that electric guitars and he's doing his gravel, but to have this kind of quietness really captivates me.
2: Yeah. And it's inviting that confidence that, that we're in this secret quiet uh, private moment and story yeah. Um, and to that end, I think the real power of it, because it really feels like a heartbeat is actually the drum. And we've got Kenny Blevins on this, who is the goners. Uh, he, you know, he's the one who's, uh, banging like Charlie Watts yes. in uh, slow turning. So he can really bring the power to a drums. And there's just that every I don't know how many beats because I'm not a musician, right? But it just feels like a a, a punctuation mark on John's laments each time of like I'm going to say something devastating, and then you're going to take a breath, boom, with that drum beat, and it's so moving. I love it.
1: I did not realize that he was from Lake Charles, Louisiana, and mm-hmm. I now want to ca- I want to contact him so bad because um, that's where I grew up in lake charles louisiana is where i graduated high school and so now then kenny if you're listening to this join i want you on my podcast we want you on this one we want you on uh set less bruce so we can talk about playing music in lake charles
2: so yes and kenny uh, I, I promise i won't eat any more of your chocolate i will send you chocolate if you come on our podcast
1: oh so. uh there has to be a story there that i think uh <laughs> yeah that that's you the may, story okay that's it you ate his chocolate One of the things that I love about John is similar to what I love about Bruce. What I love about Harry Chapin is the stories. They tell stories. You are captured into their world and they are telling you. And I know based on our, um, our previous discussions that one of the first things that drew you to to john's music was how autobiographical it was that when you connected like wait a minute he has this seven little indians and then all of a sudden they're seven siblings and this you know their combination of that so
2: yeah so you know he also goes to great lengths to say that all of his songs are fiction which yes uh, i don't know if i always buy mm-hmm. and this song is really interesting that it feels like it could be 100% fictionally, or it could be just a kind of veiled uh, version of a really important story of a a moment in his life when he's driving down Indiana Avenue and coming to some kind of realization about someone. And we don't know who that someone is. yeah. And that kind of yeah. drives me crazy, but uh, it's a kind of crazy that I really like to experience so
1: yeah so and i do love the idea that he's setting it up that you know i live south of town and and Mm -hmm. you know that's the wrong side of the tracks versus you know the north side of town that's where all the you know as he says the big money and big dreams which once again leads to are they still together it if you look at it Uh that way they probably aren't but was is this because she's moved on to someone else? Has she um, has she passed, you know, and she's gone on to a different plane? Uh, and I think part of the beauty is you don't know, that you get to fill in the lines of the story in your mind of what this is and so that it can speak to you.
2: I absolutely agree. Yeah, and that's what poetry is. You know yeah. that we see ourselves in it, and then we also um, see infinite possibilities mm-hmm. in what we're reading. And yeah, I mean, it, it's just his lyrics at their finest. That you know, I'm driven through the darkness by the promise I will see again. That uh, you know, um, he he uses that light and dark in finding hope. Uh, so often in so many songs. And um, I I really like that he is in the driver's seat for this one. He's not just waiting for the dawn. He's just pushing himself through those uh, black nights with the promise that he will see again. Who's making the promise? Is it him to himself? Is it this woman that, you know, he believes is his salvation We don't know. It doesn't matter. And um, then it all comes back to you were never meant to have aces up your sleeve that, you know, you were never meant to cheat. You were never meant to be lucky. I I don't know, but it it still to me sounds like um, he's, he's continuing to go on and that's the happiness. You know, it's almost like um, Camus and we must believe that Sisyphus is happy that he's going to keep on driving down that dark boulevard, but he's still going to find that, uh, the promise. Yeah. And that was really pretentious. No,
1: it wasn't at all. And there is a, there is, um, forgive us listeners. Um, it is going to be hard for me to go through an episode without mentioning Bruce Springsteen. So if we are making a perfectly good podcast drinking game, Bruce saying Jesse saying Bruce take a drink um but there is a thing where he says we go through the night we you know go through the dark because that's where the delight is right we are going through that darkness to reach the light and this is is I I love that line I'm driven to the darkness by the promise I will see again and that is a line that and I'm going to sound pretentious too, but someone fighting cancer or in economic problems or in a unhealthy relationship, you can fight. I'm driven to the darkness by the promise I will see again. You know, we, we, one of the cliches in business is, Oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We just hope it's not a train coming our way. Um, but that is a, bet that, that is a sweeter way to say driven to the darkness by the promise I will see again versus there's light at the end of the tunnel. And, and I agree with you. I am so glad you brought up that like lyric because I think it is something really, um, inspiring and, and the idea very, as John often does very poetic. Yes. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Any other and, thoughts um, on this song? I don't think so. It's just, uh, is it time to rate and, yes. you know, how should we define our rating? Yeah, so we haven't done that yet. I no,
1: so I I think we're gonna go scale one to five, five being a Hall of Fame song, one being a song that I would think you tend to skip if you're if it's on your playlist, you're like, oh, I'll listen to that one later. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first?
2: I'll go first. Okay. I um I'm, I'm willing to give this a solid four. Okay. You know, and if it was written by anyone else but John Hyatt, it would be a five. Okay. It, it's An amazing song. It is a perfectly good, even better than perfectly good song. But we're talking about John Hyatt here, that he has such masterpieces that we have to leave room for the five stars um, from some others. And, you know, I almost feel like this is the one that I'm going to have to eat some crow and say, yeah, I was completely wrong. It should have been a five star. I don't know what I was thinking, but.
1: No, I I think we're in sync. I would go with a four, two. I think it is a wonderfully it speaks to me i i love that the slow burn of the song that it, mm. it is it is a comfortable song and uh so i definitely agree it's it's four stars something that i'm i'm really glad we got to start with such a strong song you yeah. know because sometimes yes. you're going to go well i don't have much to say about this one so <laughs> yeah that is great oh, i think this is an episode and good job we got it done our yeah. first one
2: okay and everyone agree disagree come yes. and talk to us
1: yeah a couple ways to reach us one we are on Twitter at perfectly good p perfectly good podcast that is perfectly good PD on Twitter uh, we are on uh, Gmail perfectly good podcast at gmail.com I am personally on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFw you can reach me there
2: I. I'm on Twitter at Sylvan Green Eyes and I'm uh, Sylvan Groth on Facebook. And maybe we can even come up with a uh, Facebook page for the pod.
1: I, can I that. think that is a great idea. That is a wonderful idea. So, yeah, uh, let us know what you think. What are we talking about next time?
2: Next time we're going to be going to Little Village for some action.
1: Great. Very nice. All right. Well, we will see you in a week. Thank you, Sylvan. Thank you, listeners. Uh, you Jesse.
2: Have a little faith, everyone.
1: <laughs> Have a little faith, everyone. Absolutely.
0: Goodbye. And Bye. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the cadillac and the on the Cotabon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.